2: we <laughs> the Welcome to
3: Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James
1: Loving, host of Another One. Loving No Sports Talk, you know, I'm just falling in love with this show, you know, it's just great, great guests great co-host so you know we're going to have a great great guest today gonna to talk some great things give some great insights on different things and i mean it just i mean this show is all excited is about you know i'm a co-host terry jackson online you there terry i'm here how you doing love good how you doing today terry good always great to have you on the show every week so you know good to have you with me and you know just to talk to different great people in the world i appreciate uh, being here we got, we got well we're gonna have two great hosts today and one of them I think is on the line right now, Tim Chester. Are you there, Tim? Yeah, I am. Tim, good, good. Glad glad you're on the show.
4: Yeah, thanks for having me, this is great.
1: You know, Tim, um, I was I was speaking with Terry and um I was down, you know, at Bailey's restaurant, you know, and I was fortunate enough to meet you and had a good time of talking with you. And I'd like you to tell the listener a little bit about yourself.
4: Oh uh, yeah, I'm uh uh, a county commissioner here in Albany County, Wyoming. I've I've actually got five jobs now, three that pay, and um, I'm just uh just having a great time living life. I've got multiple sclerosis. I've had it for 25 years, and just uh, uh just trying to explore the world and do uh, just fun things. I recently met uh, your your next guest too, Nicole Ryder, and she's is a quadriplegic, and just met her last year and started sailing with her, and we've been kayaking and sailing. We're going to do some skiing probably this year. Uh, rafting and just trying to stay really active and stay positive and kind of get a positive message out about you know, living with disabilities and uh, you know, kind of what you go through on a daily basis, but uh, you know, just try to keep people inspired and keep, uh, you know, keep people active and, and smiling and just share our stories and, and meet new people every day and just have a great time. Well, you know, what, Tim, I'm glad you said
1: that because, you know, most of my shows are, you know, what me and Terry trying to speak on, how the young people, have to keep them positive and active, and, and like what you say, with, with what happened to you and Nicole, uh, we'd like you to explain, you know, when we get the Nicole line, you know, that'll be great, you know, like I said, but how, how do you keep people positive? How do you keep yourself positive when adversity happens, you know, like you have a, a athlete that, you know, they might get hurt and you know, like me, get to my knee, out, can't play football ever again, How, what would you say to keep
4: them positive in everyday life? Well, I think really you just have to, I'm just naturally positive that I was just kind of born this way and try to tell people, you know, just, you know, don't let yourself get down. It's like, you know, every day you know, you have bad days, but I always go back to, uh, I was, I'm a photographer also and I worked for a newspaper here in Laramie for 15 years and one day I was taking pictures out at the stock farm and. What little pigs go through in a day um at a certain point when they're born they get uh there's one day that for each number you are in the litter you get that many notches in your cut out of your ear and then you get one for your mother and then you get your tail cut off and then you get your testicles cut off and then you get your tusks cut off and so i think when i'm having a bad day i'll never have that bad of a day so i just kind of I get up and, you know, things are frustrating, but I just don't let it get to me. It's just, you know, I'll, it's just for the moment, and then I move on to the next thing, and I think, you know, if we can tell people things like that and just, you know, just try to, you know, if for some people, it's just natural like it is for me. For some people, you have to struggle and, you know, keep good friends around you and keep that positive energy going because that, that's what keeps you going is the good positive energy. And, and that's what
1: uh, me and Terry talked about a lot, you know, like, you know, his son played football and all like that, but you gotta have keep positive friends around you because those are the type of people that will, you know, they're for you and gonna give you positive thing and not the people around you wanna give you negative things. They always wanna put you down and feel that you're not able to do anything in life and you'll be able to do anything you want. Am I right, Tim, or Derek?
4: Yeah. yeah, and I think I, you seek out you know, you see people that are down, you know, try to try to help them, try to give them a positive message and you know, yeah. You, know, you don't want to have negative people around you, but, you know, you you want to kind of inspire people that are negative that, you know, this this isn't helping you at all. I know the people that I know with MS that get down, that get, the disease takes them faster, people that don't stay positive. So I really try to, you know, if I see people uh, that are there wallowing you, know, you got to kick them in the butt and get them out and get them doing things because sometimes you can get stuck in your house. And I just, you know, I'm, like I say I've got five jobs. You got to stay active. You just, and then, you know do the the athletic things too because that that's what keeps you young and keeps your- bl- blood boiling. you know just when you're having a bad day you 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 talk to
5: somebody like you and you you look at yourself and you say, you know how could you how could you be so selfish or how could you think that you were having such a bad day <laughs> you ever had one of those days well and then you oh you're yeah. on here like this,
4: and you're like you didn't have a bad day you know you, yeah that's true it's like you know it's it's all relative you know you have bad days you know sometimes i'll fall and you know it takes a while to get up and i get frustrated and you know i get angry at those times but i just you just can't you live in the moment and then move on it's you just have to just keep keep things going and and i think the athletic part of it is a big thing you know, you got to keep active and that's what uh you know nicole and i have been doing just just stay in staying really active, and she she's just an inspiration because she's a, she's a quadriplegic, and she has never let that get her down. You know, we have very dis- different disabilities. I was diagnosed back in uh, 1986, and, you know, really not much was going on with my MS at that time. And so, you know, as I've pr- progressed forward now, um, I try to stay out of the wheelchair. I'm I'm on my feet all day, and, you know, if I have to go long distances, I go in the wheelchair. But it's just, you know, just you got to, you know, use it or lose it. It's just uh you know just one of those things where you gotta just keep pushing on. Yeah. And isn't that you know, energy contagious when you can when you can find somebody else with a situation
5: and, and they're happy. Doesn't that just make you all that much, you know, much more happier and your attitude that
4: much better? Sure. You know, I you think so say, if this person can be happy in this situation, you know, I can be happy too. Yeah, and you know you know. never know what people are going through. It's just uh Right. You get you get some of these judgmental people out there that will will try to bring you down, but you can't. Hopefully, you can educate. But if not, I I think I told you this story, James. When I was I was wheeling myself downtown last year to uh, uh, to go to a wedding reception, and I was crossing the main street here in Laramie, and it's a four lane street. I was, you know, waiting for traffic to pass, and there were some cars about five blocks down from me, and I went ahead and went for it, and I was three-quarters of the way across the road before the cars got me, and this lady yelled out the window, get the F-bomb out of the street, and I was like, you know, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I've never been short of a comeback, I had no comeback for that, and then, you know, people just don't, you don't know what people are living with, I run my dogs up in this kind of rural area here in town, and uh, twice women have Gone by jogging, I'll let my dogs out and then they run beside the car and I just go real slow and, uh, Twice it's been women, and they say, "Hey, lazy, why don't you get out of the car and walk your dogs?" And I'll just I stick my head out the window. And I said, "Check out the license plates," and I accept your apology. And sure, right. then they'll come back and want to apologize and everything. And I just tell them it's like, "You know, I don't need you to know what I go through on a daily basis. But why do you have to be so judgmental? You never know what people are going through. You you had no, you know, you don't know because I don't physically or you know look disabled until you see me walking. If I'm sitting in a car or sitting there, I'm healthy and I'm strong. But it's just what my how my MS manifests itself is I can't lift my left leg more than maybe a millimeter off the ground without assistance. So I go real slow when I walk, but uh it's just you know, you never know what, what people are going through. And one time I was at a <clears throat> Miami Dolphins uh Denver Broncos game in Miami and I was with a friend and they had given my wheelchair access seat away so they asked me if I could walk down a couple rows. So I said sure, that was fine if there's a hand railing I could do that. <clears throat> and this guy he's talking to his friend, he looks and he says, that guy's not disabled, I saw him get up out of his chair, and so my friend Brian went went to go after him, I just grabbed him and I said, you know, you can't fix stupid Brian, this guy's never been in a room that he didn't think he was the smartest guy in the room, and sure, the guy comes by and wants to apologize later, and it's like, fine, it's like, you know, you just, you don't know, I mean, people don't realize that something around 95% of the people in wheelchairs can stand and walk short distances, so it's just, you know, don't judge a book by a cover and don't judge. I mean, just, just you know, right. let, let let the world be. You know what, Tim? Um, and Terry,
1: I had met Tim and I sat down and talked to him and he was telling me about Nicole. And then I was like, well, you'd like to be on the show. And then I got a phone call from Nicole and we got to talk to her. And I was like, oh, that is amazing. So please don't tell me about, you know, your story. I want you to tell it on the thing. And then she sent me an email about herself and. And I just had tears on my and the tears weren't because I was feeling sorry but just what she had accomplished, you know. I was so proud of her, you know, all she had done and her spirit was so uplifting. like when I was on the phone like, man, I could do anything, you know. Yeah. Because I just sat there and read it. I haven't even heard her story at all of it, but I told her, Don't say nothing because when I get you on the show I'll like you to tell because I seen her as an athlete and that's how I look at, you know, myself too and I have been in those spots where when I was in high school, I got hit in my back and I got a steamer. I thought I was paralyzed, and I'm just thinking, God, my life over if I was, you know. But your life is not over after reading Nicole write a story. And I just like to bring on the line, Nicole Wright. Are you there?
0: I am here. How are you?
1: Good. How are you doing today?
0: Good. Doing great. It's another beautiful day in Wyoming,
1: huh? God, another beautiful day, right, Terry? Tim? Yeah, yes, it is. Fantastic. <laughs> well, Scott, well Nicole, we got Tim and Terry. Terry, my co-host, and we got Tim. Tell so, um the list a little bit about yourself. Well you know what? You know what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a break in like three minutes, so what I wanna do, I don't want that break to um interfere with you, um, Nicole. So what we're gonna do is uh, we're just, um we just wanna just tell the some something quick real quick about you. A
0: little something about myself? Yeah, yeah real yeah, quick. How's yeah, then we go Can you right hear me? the break. Yes. Okay. So yes, um I'll just start out. My name is Nicole Ryder. I was born and raised in um Douglas, Wyoming. It's a small town, about two hours north of Laramie. Um, I have an identical twin sister. We both were avid athletes our whole lives. Started playing basketball when we were in fifth grade. Um, Excelled in pretty much every sport we played all the way through high school. Ended up playing um, college basketball at the University of Wyoming. And then it was when I was 22, my senior year in college, I was in an auto accident. Broke my neck, and my life um, forever changed that day. And so it's amazing how Life can change, you know, literally in the blink of an eye. You know, that morning that I got up, I did my normal one-hour workout, ran my three miles, did my, you know, 20-minute, 40-minute um, power walking, and by the end of that day, by 4 o'clock that night, um, I could not lift anything but my right arm. But, you know, I never lost hope. I never lost, you know, I always knew I'd get back on my feet. You just thought, you know, Life is all a matter of perspective, and your attitude can take you a long ways in life.
1: You know, Nicole, we've got to get more into it, you know, after to break. Well, um, you and Tim, I just like, again, to thank you, Tim, for just like giving Nicole my number to call to be on the show, Tim, because just right now, what you guys are saying is so positive that, you know, anything in life, no matter if you're able, not able to walk, or if you are able to walk, if you're
4: just not able to use just anything, you can still possible. Is that true, Tim? Yeah, I think so. I think, <clears throat> you know, we just, uh, God, you know, deals us a hand. I, to- I told my mom when I was diagnosed, my mom was crying, and I told her, I said, you know, there's, n- I don't know what that's doing for you, but it's not doing anything for me. It's like God dealt me this hand, and I'm uh, I'm going to play it out. I might bluff, but I'm not going to fold.
0: And that's really well, right. You know, life deals you lemons. You just have to make lemonade. I'm sorry to interject there. Um, You know, it's all a matter of, you know, life doesn't end after an an, an injury. It's all a matter of, you just look at the glass half full, life there's still so much in life out there that you can do you don't look at the things that you can't do and plus i don't look at things as obstacles i look at them as opportunities it's just opportunities for growth and self-improvement you just find a different way of doing things but you can still have a very fulfilling enriching life i mean my life i love my life i would not trade my life for anything i mean we have we have so much fun we just get out there um, embrace life and, and live life to the fullest
1: well, you know what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a break. When we come back we'll get into um more detail, um, Nicole and Tim, you know, how you guys met and everything that you doing, Nicole and Tim and you know, so we're gonna take a quick break. And we'll be back I got Tim Chestnut, Nicole Ryder, and co host Terry Jackson online and this is Jack Loving, host of World Talk and we'll be right back.
3: Flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Do you feel the need for speed? Whatever your addiction, NASCAR, IndyCar, NHRA, Formula One, or even lawnmower racing, Pit Pass USA is got up Larry Henry here, host of Pit Pass USA. I put my 30-plus years of being a motorsports broadcaster to work to bring you not only the best guests, but also the most interesting guests in racing. Pit Pass USA with Larry Henry, your front row seat to the world of racing, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. Be there or get a DNF. 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. When it comes to youth and high school football, listen each week to Coach Al Gross at First and Ten Football. Coach covers vital topics relating to the latest trend on a national level. Join Coach as he interviews personalities from the NFL, NCAA, and the top high school coaches from around the country. Catch all the interviews and get in-depth information online at www.first10football.com your national resource for youth and high school football. First and Ten Football airs Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for
2: sports, Sports America Sports.
1: They're my guests, Tim Chestnut and Nicole Ryder. You know, Nicole and Tim. Well, before we went the break, I, I hate cutting you off, but you, I want to get a little bit more uh, about you, Nicole. what you. I read your story. I know you're doing a lot of things, activity, you know, like, you know, sailing and all that. But I still can't believe. I mean, with Tim speaking, you and Tim, it's just amazing. Just, I mean, you're so upbeat all the time, and you know, and everybody, you know, you don't say that. I know you get people tired, of saying I'm so upbeat, but. You know, I look at life as like, man, I'm just so, just to know you guys and know all the stuff you go through. And You know, how you two became friends and, and that. Nicole, you want to start or Tim?
0: Sure, yeah, I'll start, Cheryl. Sure. Um, so, yeah, so I played basketball at the University of Wyoming and I'd known who Tim was for, for 20 years now. I'd always seen his name in the paper and, you know, he's a sports writer, photographer, but I never met him until last year. So we've been friends for a year and how we met him was, um, my friend, John Muir, who's um, my Canadian friend, he's from Toronto, he was in town. We were getting ready to do, We were, he was in town for a couple of months in Laramie um, doing some sailing with me, and he was coming home late one night um, after working on my assistive seating device for, for racing the next um, day in a J24 down in Denver, and um, he saw Tim wheeling down my street with a couple of girls, you know, like 2 o'clock in the morning, they were coming home um, from a night out, and he just happened to stop Tim and... Um, you know, said, asked him about sailing, and et cetera, et cetera, and the next thing you know, that um, he connected, you know, he, Tim, John came home and said, hey, you're taking Tim Chestnut sailing, and I'm like, what? Tim Chestnut's not disabled. You know, he said, you've met the sort of disabled athlete." and um, I said, Tim Chestnut's not disabled, and he um, said, yeah, he has MS. I said, oh. And so, anyway, so I knew that, you know, John had said he lived on my street, and I was like, no, I don't think he does, so we I, we made John go down the street with me where the, in front of the house he was at, and it was actually a friend of his, and so I ended up getting his phone number, and called him up and invited him out sailing last year, and we got out like three or four times. And um, I introduced him to um, kayaking as well, so we go up on Crystal Reservoir and kayak and hand cycling. So Tim followed my, one of my hand cycles for um, last summer and most of this year, and he just um, got into that more physical activity, and we've been having a great time. You know, the people we meet, the, the opportunities we have, you know, we just love life, and the two of us make quite a team. Um, and so it's been a lot of fun. So what do you think, Tim?
1: How was that first me when Nicole came down
4: tell Tim? How was that when she
1: came? What were you feeling then?
4: Um, I She's just such an inspiration. She's just such a, a good person in general. I mean, even if we weren't doing the athletic thing, she's just, just a great friend. And it's if you just meet some of those people that you know are going to be significant for the rest of your life. Now, Nicole, um, I read your, um, your linked and all like that.
1: Um You go out and do speaking engagement. What do you tell people when you're out speaking, you know? How do you know? What's the message you're getting out there to them?
0: Well, my message is, um, my big motto in life is your attitude determines your altitude in life. Um, Life is all a matter of perspective. And I think attitude, 90% of life, able or disabled, is is mental. You know, how you look at something, um, life is all a matter of perspective. I mean, anything in life is a matter of perspective. It's all in how you look at it. And so that's my big message, I mean. But you can, you know, because I, it's interesting, because I don't even see myself as um disabled. I still see myself as the same old Nicole, the athletes, and they can do anything, because I don't see any obstacles. I, you know, I can do anything that I want to do, and I find a way to do it. And so it's just great to have this message to deliver to people that might be having a bad day, and, you know, they're able to think, what can I do? And they hear somebody like Tim or I, and thinking all these things that we can do, and it just um makes them realize that, you know what, life is limitless, and, you know, you just have to get your mind, your mind out of the way and think you can do anything and just get out there and, and make the most of whatever you have. You know, we all have different, we're all disabled in a way. I mean, you know, we all, some people have, you know, um, disabilities you can't see, you know, diabetes, you know, epilepsy, etc. but there's always a way of overcoming it. And, you know, I think the more active people are and your attitude can take you a long, long ways in life.
1: And what would your message be given, to when you are out speaking?
4: Yeah, and I think it's the same way. It's like, I think, you know, everyone out there is living with some type of disability, even if they're not dealing with it or coping with it. Um I got a job this last year where I worked for uh, a business called ARC Regional Services, and they uh, work with the developmentally disabled. So, I was uh, swimming at the rec center one day, and I was in my wheelchair in the locker room, and there were a bunch of kids training for Special Olympics, and so one of the kids came over and he said, "Oh, what's? Why are you in the wheelchair? What's wrong with you?" And I told him, I have, "I have a disease called MS, and it just makes it so that my brain doesn't talk to my legs." And he says, "Oh, I, f- I feel really sorry for you." And I said, "That's weird." I said, "Because I don't feel sorry for you. You're living with something every day that you know, no one else knows what you're dealing with, and you, you know, you're out here swimming and being happy and everything." And uh, so then by that time, all the other Special Olympians were around there, and they're like, "Yeah, that's right." It's like, you know, we, we, we. Have have to live with these things every day, and let's just be happy. And you know, and it all ties back into exercise and being active. And I just try to tell the, you know the message that uh, you know if you have these things happen to you, it's like, don't dwell on it. Just you know, pick yourself up and move and move forward. Push forward. Now, now Tim and Cole, I don't know. Maybe you guys can help.
1: You know, me and Terry. You know, we know a lot of athletes and out there, and every day they feel sorry for themselves, but. You know, all oh, this ain't going right. You know, I didn't, I didn't, this didn't go this way. I want to go. I'm not, shouldn't, shouldn't we, we try as a parent, you know, I'm trying to speak as a parent. And how do we get our kids to push themselves say, you know, you can't feel sorry for yourself every day in the world because things are going to come up that's not going to work out your way. But you got to keep striving and, and go another way. Am I right? Am I saying that right, Terry, or what? Am I no, or Nicole?
5: Yeah, I, I think you are. I think it's the you know the the, the questions like uh, there's always somebody out there with something, you know, a little more heavier than what you're dealing with. You know, uh, you, you could pick yourself up and go along. How do you, how do you get that across to your kids? Well, I think you
4: just have to you know. Just do it naturally. And you see people out there like Brandon Marshall this last week, where he's crying and talking about how he's going to get thrown out of the game in the second quarter because things aren't going right. And it's like, you know, that guy has everything to his advantage. He's got, you know, amazing, you know, body, muscles, everything. But, you know, you just hear all the negative things coming from him. So I think you know, really just have to, like, especially with your kids, you just, you know, teach them when they're young, you know, teach them the lessons. I actually got stuck in a curb cut this last year, there was ice in the curb cut, and um, I just couldn't get out, and, you know, you, we don't, Nicole and I are kind of the same way, you know, you, you need to work your way out of these things, because sometimes there are not going to be people around, and so this lady stopped, and she had about a nine-year-old daughter with her, and she said, can I give you a hand? And I said, yeah, if you would, that would be great, and so she helped push me out of the curb cut, and I said, thank you very much, and I said, and thank you for the teaching moment that you you taught your daughter it's like you know it's it's you know we we don't you don't want to have help if you don't need it but there's sometimes that you need help so you know, teach your kids that there's people out there that are going to are going to need some help sometimes so if you see them struggling and and doing things you know maybe just stop and don't just you know push yourself in there and help them but ask them if they need help and if, if they do i mean i don't want to need help but i'm learning more and more that i need to ask for help sometimes Tim and Nicole,
5: that that Tim, that's that's great because I, you know, I'm a public servant, and you know, that's my job to help people. But when I run across somebody who's, you know, in a wheelchair or um, in a scooter or somebody that's having difficulties, I don't. Sometimes I don't even know whether to to ask, you know, "Shit, can I can I help you?" or or should you ask that? How does that make you feel? as, you know, a, a person dealing with, with, with a disability if somebody comes and asks you that. Is that an okay thing or did, or do some people get upset and say, I don't need your help, you know, you're just asking me because I'm I'm disabled?
0: I guess it's a matter of um, it's the way they do ask, the the way they ask it, you know what I mean? The way it's presented, that's the way I, for me, Um, because I would like to be as independent as I can, but, you know, sometimes, you know, getting up a curb or whatever, yeah, you you need help. But it's like, I guess it's the matter in which they ask. Um, it's, I don't know how to convey that, but it's always good to ask. But I guess it's just a matter of the, the presentation of the way, it's you know, it's asked. You don't want somebody feeling sorry for you. They just want to ask because, or help because they want to help. Does that make sense?
4: Yeah. yeah I, mean, I don't know.
0: What do you think, Tim?
4: Yeah, I think, you know, everybody needs help and everybody needs encouragement. I saw the most wonderful thing on the Internet yesterday. It was a teacher uh it got her, her it was the end of the of the year and she she got all of her kids and she had each kid come up in front of the class and she told them that how they inspired her how you know what they did the moment in her in the year that was special to her and how they changed her in in each individual changed her way so she gave each of the kids three blue ribbons that said Make a difference in someone's life, and she said, "You can, here's a blue ribbon for you because you've made a difference in my life." So she said, "What you want to do is take these two rib, uh, the three home, and then take two of them and give them to someone that made a difference in your life." So the first kid went home and he gave it to his father, and he said, "You know, you've made a huge difference in my life. Thank you for what you've done." And so dad was very you know pleased with this, and so he was trying to think who inspired him so he could pass the blue ribbon on to someone else. So. He thought about it and his boss was kind of a jerk, but his boss was, he felt was a genius and he taught him so much but so he took it and he gave it to the boss and so the boss was really surprised because he you know, he, he kinda was mean to this this guy and you know, really pushed him and so he he took the ribbon home and he was trying to think who he'd give it to, so he gave it to his son and he told his son, he said, "You know, I know I'm really hard on you, and I'm, you know, I really hard about on you about your grades and things like that, and you know, keeping your room clean. And, but you, you inspire me. Other than your mother, you're the most special person in my life." And the kid broke down crying. And he said, "I need you to go upstairs. There's a letter that I wrote up there." And so he went upstairs and got the letter. And the kid was going to commit suicide that night because he was just so down and everything, and so they broke down and had that special moment. You, you never know. you know, just a little bit of encouragement how that could change someone's life. I mean, because that could, could be gone now, but it's just those little things in life, you know, just pass it on and encourage people and tell people how how special they are to you. You know,
1: what we're going to do is we're going to take another break. Then when we, when we come back, I got a question uh, for you, Cole and Tim. you know, about, you know, like, when I, when I thought, you know, I was paralyzed and everything that happened, I was so scared because I thought, like, you know, what am I going to do? And, you know, and so so when, you know, you have all these athletes out there, when, when one of those things happen to them, you know, I'd like for you guys to explain how it is that, you know, it, I mean, you know, like Santa Nicole, when you play playing basketball, you know, it's like you are playing so great and then it just ended so, you know, quick. What's the feeling behind that and how you keep moving on? So we'll take a quick break and we'll come back. We're going to have you guys answer that question.
2: Thank you
3: Looking for a great sports show from a kid's point of view? Look no further than Speaking of Sports. We've got the stats, scores, and inside news on what's happening all over the sports world. It's all hard-hitting, can't-miss action from your point of view. You'll hear different perspectives, opinions, and predictions from the fans and experts. Tune in to Speaking of Sports every Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. Miss just one minute of this show and you've missed out.
1: And I'm back with my guest, Tim Chesna, and Nicole Ryder, and my co-host, Terry Jackson. Well, like I said, Nicole, until we went to break, you know, I was explaining that, you know, what can you say and help, you know, a person like, you know, probably like me that, you know, I was so scared when I got here and I thought I was paralyzed. I just thought my career would be over that, that soon, you know. How can you tell somebody that when something like that happened so fast, how you can still pick yourself up and continue? Do you want to start, um, Nicole?
0: Sure, and, you know, that's really um, it's a great question, and it's all, you know, everybody, we're all wired differently. Um, like my, so I think back to something you'd asked kind of before, but I think, you know, to develop a, a great mental attitude from a very early age, um, you know, positive attitude, and the best way to do that is to, like, I think adopt an attitude of gratitude. I mean, the best way to start that is to, like, maybe start um, every day, like writing five things that you're grateful for. And then you'd be amazed on how, when you do that year after year after year, how you just see, you know, you see the good in everything. You see possibilities in every opportunity. I mean, you might look at, you know, so that means an illness, an injury, etc. Like, for me, personally, I mean, I look like at everything as a game. You know, I'm, I'm competitive. I'm an athlete. So when I was hurt, I was like, okay, I just had to put my whole, you know, my whole body, mind, and spirit into getting well and to seeing myself as whole again and so I didn't look at it. I mean, there's, you know you can either, so it's an ad, it's a negative or a positive attitude. It's all a matter of how you look at it. You can say, oh, my gosh, you know, my life is over, this and that. And be like, okay, well, how can I pick myself up, make the most of this, and get on with life? I mean, so I just don't let myself go to the negative. And so it's so much easier when you stay in the positive. So it can be a little bit overwhelming, but you just have to take it. The best way is to take it a day at a time and you think, okay, um, you know, God, I'm really, you know, very spiritual, so I believe God never gives us more than we can handle. And he gives us the strength to, to get through anything. So in those situations, you're like, okay, you just have to rely on the higher power and think, okay, I can get through this. And the best way to do it is a positive attitude and taking it a day at a time. And to see opportunities in everything, you know, with me being in my accident, I would, you know, I would just, I don't know what I would be doing now, you know, just doing, doing a job, you know, doing this. Make- um, but I'm out doing all these sports, you know, doing this inspirational, motivational speaking. I'm doing all these different, you know, sporting events. And of the people I've met, the experiences I've had, so you just have to make the most of what um, is dealt to you. Does that make sense?
4: Yeah. Well, I was here to answer that, too. Yeah, I think it's amazing. Like I, I said earlier, I'm meeting amazing people every day and, you know, almost every day there's someone new and, you know, I include you too, James. Just meeting up with you was, was really great. And another person that I met just recently is a tennis coach at the University of Wyoming. And so we, I'm really excited. Nicole and I are both really excited. He's going to uh, give us tennis lessons in our wheelchairs. And so that's going to be the, ne- the next athletic step. But, um, I think, uh, the sailing is amazing because you know, Nicole was a Division One athlete and she never lost that drive and you know always wants to keep competitive and she just uh, got into sailing last year and uh, I'd like her to talk a little bit about where she's gone because she's, she was named U.S. Sail, ma- Sailing Magazine Sailor of the Week one week last year and then so she's you know, taken the helm and now she's moving forward in that and I'll uh, uh, let her talk about what some of her goals are. Yeah, and, and Nicole,
1: too, I would like for you to let everybody, you know, if you can't tell them your website so they can go to it and read on you because, you know, I told you I read it over and over. I had to send you a text message one night like, wow, you know. Just, like I said, it inspired me, you know. Whenever I even think I'm feeling down, I'm going to say that and just go and read about you, you know. Is that okay, Nicole?
0: Sure, that's great. Fantastic. Um, Yeah, so my website, it's, um, actually a site, it's a very interesting website, but it's, um, org forward slash and it's my name and it's spelled N I C H O L E R I D E R. So it does, it has my story, it has photos, and on the left side is um, are a bunch of links of different things I've done. And so, yeah, so sailing, I'll, I'll just give you a little bit of a story how I got into sailing. Is that all right? Does that work for now?
1: Oh, I've been waiting on that, Nicole. Please.
0: So, okay, so I'll just give a little synopsis Um, you know, obviously sports were an integral part of my life, um, my whole life, and so I've been hurt since 1995, and being living in Wyoming, it's pretty isolated. They don't have, they have actually nothing for adaptive sports. I mean, I didn't even know about it. I did do my re- rehab down at Craig Hospital, which is world-renowned spinal cord injury, um, trauma, or traumatic brain injury um, rehab hospital, and they did, you know, they talked about skiing and stuff like that, so I knew there was things out there. Um. But it wasn't until June of 2007 that I was introduced back into sports and got into the sport of hand cycling. And what hand cycling is, if for those that don't know, it's, um, it's a recumbent trike. So there's two wheels in the back and one in the front, and it's um, powered by an arm crank. So you're, you know, it's powered by, by your arms. Um, the first hand cycle I ever purchased was from an international, actually two-time Paralympian hand cyclist down in Denver. And so that was great to get back out on the bike, just getting outdoors, getting exercise, riding the paid bike paths, and I got into kayaking, wheelchair rugby. I played wheelchair tennis. I've um, ridden a horse again. You know, I was on a horse once um, since my accident, which was, you know, a big feat, just being up there on the horse. And then getting into, I've done adaptive alpine and Nordic skiing, but it was not in April of 2010, I went out to Miami, Florida for vacation. I connected with this group out there called um, shake a Miami. It's an, a big adaptive water sports program. It's right on Biscayne Bay, um, right on, on the coast there. And I met my friend, Carrie Grusin, who's a disabled sailor. She's been sailing for over 20 years. She literally sails around the world. She is absolutely amazing. She has a fascinating story herself. Um, she actually was a reporter for the New York Times when she was 26 years old. She was strangled. She was um, interviewing a, a ex Green Beret, and she was um, he had a flashback, so he strangled her and left her for dead. But she, you know, she's a fighter because she actually um, is able, well, you know, survived. And her head is like is bent over her left shoulder, um, and she can't walk. But she, you know, she's amazing that she can fail. So anyway, I connected with this group. I got out and Kerry with Carrie, my friend Juan Carlos, who's a professional hand cycler, he's also a disabled sailor, and a friend, John Muir, who's um, Canadian, whom I've become very good friends with, as well. And they took me out on Carrie's sonar, which is a 23-foot keelboat, and they offered to let me take um, the helm, which is the trailer, which is what, dry, what steers the boat. And from the, literally the first time that I took the helm, the wind, you know, filled the sails, and we were, you know, the wind, or the water, you know, caught the rudder, and we were slicing through the water. I was, I was hooked. Because I had grown up water skiing, um, you know, I loved the water from a very early age. I started water skiing when I was seven years old. I grew up 12 miles from Glendale Reservoir. So we spent literally every weekend from the time I was five years old all the way through high school, you know, at the lake, and I just learned to love the water. And so being back, sitting back in the boat after 15 years and not being on the water, I just, it was the freedom. It was absolute freedom. I can't even tell you what it did for me. I just, I found home, and so it was amazing. So I went home and then I went back out to Miami um, over Memorial Day of 2010 and raced with um, Carrie and John and Juan Carlos. I was just a bystander on the boat, you know, just, you know, taking it all in. Then we went out and sailed after that. But then, um, so by the end of the weekend, my friend John had just mentioned to me if I wanted to ever do a regatta, which is a, a sailboat race, that, you know, to let him know and he'd be happy to race with me. Well, I wasn't home, like, maybe two or three days. He called me and said he found the Wyoming Governor's Cup up at Alcova Reservoir near Casper. And if I found the boat, that um, he would come out and race with me. So I don't, you know, I don't know if he really took me, you know, thought I was serious. But three days later, I ended up finding a boat. So we came out, we raced, and that was, you know, the start of my, so I've done 12. I've raced until 12 different regattas now. And it's just amazing. um, The first boat I sailed out here in Wyoming was um, a 17-foot O'Day sailor. Which was generously donated to me, you know, for the last two summers. Just let me borrow it. John Erickson, he's an architect there in Laramie, um, and so just so gracious for him to let me borrow his boat. So it was amazing, you know. For the, so within a month of even taking the helm for the first time, sailing two times, I was racing my first regatta. So the third time ever sailing, I was out racing, and from there on out, you know, nothing stopped me. Just getting out. And All the events that I did last summer were all able-bodied event. I just go to any event and hop in my boat, and and off we go, and so sailing what I have found is a great great equalizer It's a great way to play with your peers. you get in the boat you're all on equal playing field and so it's just great to be able to be competitive and you know be competitive and um, to get that you know be competitive in that at in, in high you know high capacity again and so and then my friends um, John and George, they're both Canadian they build these assistive sailing devices that allow Anybody um, to sail any type of boat because it allows you to transfer from side to side. So what they did the first one ever made was um, they're called Tackmaster. The f- latest version is a TAC Master 3. It's it's just a, a seat that's made out of the PVC pipe um, as a platform. It's called starboard. It's a really hard um, it's like hard form of ply, you know plastic plywood and you know the, a few ropes that swing you from side to side and it allows you to sail. To sail the boat. It gives you that freedom to be able to get out there and do that. And so I just um really found in sailing though my passion in life. I just it's so hard to to explain It's just the joy, you know, the whole that burning sensation inside you. If you find what you just love to do, I can't get enough of it. And so my energy and enthusiasm has shown through. Within six months um, of sailing, you know, last December I was named U. S. Sailing Sailor of the Week. Which is, um, you know, U- U.S. sailing is the national governing body of sailing in, you know, North America, in, in America. So that was really, really quite an honor to, to, to get that. In February, I was Argo Ambassador, um, Ambassador of the Week. With that, the Argo Challenge is a movement going on to try to get a disabled team in the next America's Cup in 2013. So to be part of that was, you know, fantastic. And in March, we started the Windy Wyoming Sailing Club. Um, just getting people out, um, just wanting more, more of a virtual club. We have, like, 68 members, more of a okay. virtual club, but, you know, the fact that we just got out there and did it was fantastic. And also, I was um, I helped to spearhead the effort to bring the first Road to Rolex all-women sailing clinic for disabled and able-bodied sailors to Denver, Colorado. And what that is, every two years, um, so in the odd number of years, it was in 2011 this year, is a international keelboat championship and it's called the Rolex. It's sponsored by Rolex. So in the view of those events, they have these little clinics leading up to that event, you know, just for training, just like for basketball. I mean, you have clinics, you know, to help you change, you know, fundamentals, you know, tactics, um, man overboard drills, etc. And so we helped to bring that down into Denver, Colorado. And then what else have we done? Oh, so just recently I was, um, I was, I was interviewed by, so my site, Clever Pig, is um, sponsored by the Southport Sailing Foundation out in Southport, Connecticut. Mm -hmm. I was, um, every six months, they evaluate the new web pages that have gone up. I didn't even know they did this, but I got a call in March saying they'd pick my website as the winner. They were just so inspired by my story. Um, They loved my enthusiasm. So I was granted a 500, you know, they gave me a $500 grant for my sailing endeavors. I happened to be out in Rye, New York for my first disabled event in May. It was a Robbie Pierce regatta um, so that was a fantastic event. I raced in an Ideal 18, which, and this event was awesome because it was a mix. We had two disabled sailors and an able AbleBod on board, and just to have that mixture of, you know, everybody, not just all disabled, but it's Able and disabled racing together. It was fantastic. What a great event. Uh, my first time sailing, like, on open water with current, and it was just tremendous. There were 13 boats in the regatta. It was kind of small, but we ended up placing fourth overall. And the highlight of that regatta was there was, you know, some good competition. There were some Canadians there. The Canadian gal that won the bronze medal in the last Olympics was there in the Paralympics. And Maureen McKenna Tucker was there also. She won the gold medal um, in the 2008 Paralympics. And we beat her on the last day on the last race we took first. So just to beat her in that one race was fantastic. She's an awesome sailor. She won the regatta. But that, like, really inspired me and gave me, I was like, you know what? Anybody can do this. And so I do, I have a long-term goal now. I want to race and, you know, sail in uh, the 2016 Paralympics in in Brazil. And so that's my long-term goal. I'm thinking, you know, what do I have to lose? All you can do is go for it. You never know unless you try. And so needless to say, um, sailing I found my passion and, you know, I love to race, but also the other aspect of it is giving back. It's giving back to life, giving back to others. This summer I've helped, um,
1: well, hold on Nicole. Before you, you get into that, you know, we'll take a break. But that's what I want to ask you on the next uh, on our last segment. You know, how do you get back, and what do you like? How that inspire you so much? Just doing that, you know. And then I know Terry asked a couple of questions for you and Tim, but we'll take our last break and we'll be right back with Nicole Ryder and Tim Chestnut. This is Jane Loving, host of Loving Sports Out. <laughs>
3: Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. What does building a family mean to you? Nobody has experienced the pain and joy of family life in a way that Freddie Scott has. And his experiences in life and sports and business can help you create a successful family future. We'll cover many aspects of family building and management with a focus on fatherhood. Men and women want their families to succeed during these tough times. Our show will give you hope for the future and practical tools for a successful family. Tune in to the Freddie Scott Show. Tackling the game of life. Mondays at noon eastern 9am pacific on voice america sports your internet flagship station for sports voice america sports
1: this is Jeremy Loving, of loving at Sports Talk. I have your co-host Terry Jackson, my guest Tim Chestnut, and the co-writer. You know what, uh, when we was on break, I was thinking about what you said, Tim. I better let Terry ask this question
4: to Cole because we won't get another thing and will we, Tim? <laughs> no, not at all. I think this is the easiest day Terry's ever had on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole, why they picking on you? <laughs> you there, Nicole? What's
0: What's that?
1: I said, why are they picking on you now? See, see how they are. <laughs>
0: That's okay. I can handle it.
1: Uh, uh, okay, go, uh, there, You better go ahead and ask your question with uh, with Nicole because you know, and Nicole is like, I think we got like 17 minutes for a break. So go
5: ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, here's hey. the deal. We're gonna alternate this. I've got some, basically, some quotes and sayings, and and I want to see how they fit in to your lives or or, or how you view these. Um, it, with, with your with your situations and stuff. First one is life, is, and we'll alternate. Tim connects one and Nicole. Life isn't fair, but it's still good. Nicole.
0: Oh, Nicole. oh okay. Um, life isn't fair, but well, yeah, life is great. It's all a matter of just the way you look at it, right? I mean, say, um, gosh, I guess it can be you know applicable to anything. Um, You just have to make the most of what you have. It's just so hard. Attitude is everything. That's all I can say is attitude is everything. You can't look at, oh, you know, woe is me, poor me. I don't have this. I don't have that. Because no matter what, no matter how bad you think you have it, somebody always has it worse off than you. So you just might as well pick yourself up by the bootstraps, make the most of what you have, and just go on with it. Because you know what? We're here. There's nothing you can do to change it. Um, You have to live life. You might as well just go through life being happy as opposed to being negative. Plus, it's a lot easier for those around you, and it um, just makes life a lot more fun. You just have to I just look at life as a game. Life is a game. You just, The more fun you can have, the better off you are.
4: Yeah, and I agree. You. It's just, you, know, you see all these people out there that have things worse, and I don't know why it is that the greatest people on earth get these terrible cancers, and I'll just throw a shout out because I have a friend who's got MS, and she's uh, progressed. K- T- Carolyn Craven's her name, but she's got now bladder cancer, and she's getting her bladder removed today, but... It's you know I don't know why the why it is that way why God I, and I think Nicole mentioned earlier it's like he just you know he, he lets people that can handle these things uh, do it you know I've got MS for a reason because maybe I can you know uh, inspire some people and you know to you know people that are able bodied that are, are kind of wallowing in their own sadness make you know to help them to to kick themselves in the butt and just get out there and do things and not wallow in in sadness. All right, ready for
5: the next one. Uh, don't compare your life to others. You have no idea what their journey is all about. And Tim, I think you just kind of touched on
0: that a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think um, you cannot. You know, if when we start comparing ourselves to others, that's when you like, you know, you get in trouble as far as your own self-esteem and self-worth. Because no matter what, you want to surround yourself with greatness. You want to surround yourself with other great people. But you just have to be the best of of whatever you are, whoever you are. There's a great poem that I was given. That was given to me by my assistant. um, I was just a basketball coach when I was in high school and um, it's called, you know, titled Be the Best of, of whoever you are. If you're a little shrub at the bottom of the tree, at the bottom of the mountain, be the best little shrub that you can be. If you're the you know, the, the tree at the top of the mountain, the king of the mountain, just be the best king that you can be. But we all have a place in life and we're all here for a reason and we all have something to give. So I think it's important that we, you know, to remember that is for humanity that we're all we all have something to give. And we should all concentrate on our you know, our strengths. And what we have to give and embrace each other for and see each other for who we are and not for you know for who they you know not being judgmental, you see somebody in a chair, you think, well, oh, automatically you know the stigma is that they're they're- retar- they're stupid they don't you know know anything that's what i've c- encountered, but they're not i mean they're still people i mean I'm in a chair, but i my motto is the chair does not define me. I define the chair I'm still a very intelligent human being. I have a lot to give, and being going through this, you're still the same person on the inside you're You know, you still have the same thoughts, feelings, desires, dreams as anybody else. And so we just need to learn to see each other for for who we are. Look past the, you know, let's see people for who they they are. Go ahead,
4: Tim. And you never know when you're going to inspire someone. It's just, I was, uh, actually, it was the night that I met Nicole. I was down at a bar downtown Laramie, and uh, this kid came up, and he was about 20 years old and just a real nice kid and sat down with us. And he said, you know, you you inspired me when I was a kid. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he said, you came and talked to my fourth grade class about politics. One of my jobs, I'm a county commissioner here in Albany County. And I'll go into the grade schools and t- tell what a county commissioner does, what county governments like, and so he said when you came into that class, you inspired me, and I'm actually uh, majoring in political science now. And so it's like, wow, it's like that was it was very humbling, but you just never know. I mean, you know, we may be touching someone out there in the radio world right now that you know might be uh, lying in their you know in their their bed or their couch, just kind of wallowing in what they're doing, and maybe they can uh, you know pick themselves up by the bootstraps too. Alright, and the last
5: question we'll end
1: on is, life isn't tied with a bowl, but it's only got, still a gift. only got two minutes, so if you got to do one minute piece, go ahead. Alright.
0: What's that? I didn't hear the question.
5: Life isn't tied with a bowl, but it's still a gift.
0: Oh, totally. Every day is, is a present. I mean, that's why it's called the present, right? You have to look at every day as, um, you know, as a okay. gift, you're, never, you're not even guaranteed for the next second. So you just have to make the most of what you have now, you know, live in the now. And the best thing to do is just say yes to life. Say yes. Um, it's amazing what it does to your, the energy in your own body. It elevates the frequencies of yourself, you know, within you, and it, you inspire everybody. And the best thing to do is just to smile. Put on a smile because it might be the only gift that somebody gets that day. So I think that's really important to, um, to remember that
1: we will not able to let you speak, like, but only like, got a minute, okay. and i like the, the last minute, just to say, Tim said you just don't know who you inspired, you know, like somebody in the radio world, and I'm one of those persons, you know, like I said, I, I looked at Nicole, and, and I'm, I'm so thankful, Tim, that you gave me a number, because she has inspired me, you know. There are many days I've been like, oh, man, this ain't fair, and I hear Terry Jackson tell me, love, get up, you know, you, you're better than that, and, you know, and just seeing your story in the car, I just want to say hats off to you and you, Tim. And just say, like I say, you always welcome on the show again. And
5: you know, Terry, you on the show? we show, got thirty seconds. It was nice to meet you both. I think you're 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 both remarkable people. I, I applaud and, and commend your your attitudes, and and uh, it's 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 just amazing. And and I don't think you realize how much you appreciate it. And we definitely appreciate talking to you. I, I definitely do.
0: Well I so appreciate the opportunity. I really appreciate you guys letting us on the show and um we'll keep you posted on what we're you, what we're doing next. I do want to put a little bourbon. Um in January we're trying to get a all women sailing event out in Miami, Florida. It's all women sailing clinic, so I just wanna put that out there and also in Wyoming we're trying to get some US sailing championships. I'm working on maybe getting even the youth um International Sailing Federation youth world championships here in twenty fifteen. So that's just something we're kind of working on, so we'll see where it goes. But you just never know. You just got to, you know, live life and, and put it out there and see what happens.
2: Yeah.
1: And we're doing, thank we're you doing guys again for being on the show. And <laughs> this is James Lowe with another one, Loving That Sports Talk. And my guest, Tim, that's the Nicole Wright. <laughs>
2: i <laughs>